We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks, welcome to Star Wars Rebels Season 2, Episode 12 or 13, depending on how you're counting, The Protector of Concord Dawn. This is a great episode that you'd think is a standalone, but actually, the the um, uh, in terms of the, the Mandalore story, which, you know, was... The Mandalore strands were so epic in the Clone Wars, and we're going to talk about that on my commentaries upcoming with Simi. I'm recording tonight the first Clone Wars commentary. Um, and But it, this is a whole new chapter having to do with Sabine reengaging with her family and her people. Uh, you know, Mandalore is an extremely powerful empire. Even though it's been torn apart by people like Darth Maul over the years, it still spans many systems and sectors. Um, you know, uh, if you, if you want to use the Star Trek model, <clears throat> they wouldn't necessarily be Starfleet, but they might be someone like, you know, the Cardassians or something, uh, sort of a second level, but still very fierce and dangerous power. Now, some have openly allied with the Empire, including Sabine's family, and some they think are neutral, including these, this protectorate. Of Concord Dawn. Turns out that's not so much the case. The Empire got back to them first. And, you know, the um, the Sabine character stuff having to do with Mandalore, but also just sort of the politics and the importance of the Mandalorians and the, the story of Star Wars Rebels continues um, really through almost the end of the series. And so this is a great character episode for both Sabine and Kanan. Um, it's always fun to see Sabine and Kanan together. Um, and in fact, uh, as is capped off at the end where, where Hera says, you know, you're thinking more like a Jedi than a Mandalorian is teasing the Jedi training that's coming up next season with the black, uh, the dark saber and so forth. So it was important that both Kanan and, um, uh, Hera, we're pushing for diplomacy, even though the 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 admiral or whatever and Sabine are not necessarily so keen on it, um, because you know Hera almost Hera gets some of them killed, almost gets them all killed, almost gets herself killed, um, but nevertheless, Kanan does not give up on the the diplomacy play, although they have to go to greater measures in terms of kidnapping Fen Rao. This guy's great. Uh, he's partially named after Brad Rao, who is one of the main like writers and directors and producers on the show. Um, and while he's definitely a, pris- a kidnapped prisoner at the end of this, he eventually does come to side with the rebels and, you know, that's the thing with Sabine. As cool as the dark saber training stuff is in season three, it's her, you know, getting slowly getting the Mandalorians back on the good side. Uh, th- that's her sort of most important contribution over the course of the series that isn't fighting, obviously. Um, now we know Sabine has been with with Hera and Kanan for a very long time. She did work for the Empire, so it's not like she's been with them since she was a little kid, but she does mention occasionally how they raised her, and this is definitely one of those where she's with Mom here, and she blames herself for almost getting Mom killed, even though Mom was the one who 
wasn't ready for a fight. It's not Sabine's fault. Um, and d- definitely have dad daughter stuff, uh, you know, type stuff coming up with her and Kanan. And then she mentions at the end specifically how, you know, I was raised right by you guys, which is always, you know, touching to hear from her and Ezra. Oh, there goes the pilot. Yeah, killing A-Wing pilots. <laughs> A-Wings, they, they really make the A-Wings cool, look and maneuver cool. Uh, much cooler than we, we see anywhere else in, um, in Rebels. They're super maneuverable. They're fast, but they're not particularly strong in either offense or defense. So if they get hit a couple times, you know, they're not as fragile as TIE Fighters, but they will go down. And they don't have a lot of offensive... Um, uh, firepower, so they're really used more for scouting missions and reconnaissance, like we see here, or support. So, you know, the physics of you can only hyperspace in certain lanes is never really explained. You just have to accept that. Look, if you see all this open space, you can't just hit the hyperspace button. You need to hit, get in, like, the flow or whatever you want to call it, that there are specific lanes that we just can't see, that they must see on their sensors or something. Um, and now they've gotten the coordinates and Hera's trying to hold them off and Sabine's saying not without you it's just like the third time she's had to remind Sabine to follow orders it's great oh man the spinny the spinny wings is awesome are these the same protectorate Mandalorian ships that uh that Darth Maul has that he stole from Mandalore this is it's a great space battle and they really you know Hera's not gonna die but they really make it look bad um, and then when Sabine, uh, this is a great shot coming up where Sabine looks in the cockpit, f- flying next to Hera. It's a very Battlestar scene, you know, where, where they're just uh, Mark, what do they call it? Mark one eyeball. Uh, and you know, your best sensor is your eyeball. Look at this all torn up. This is just like a, a Raptor that's been torn apart, jumping, you know, at the last minute, the pilot's dead or almost dead. You see this in Battlestar. She can see in it. It's not depressurized completely, so she can survive and her mask is still on. You know, but we get the great shot of you know, Sabine looking in, saying it's bad. Great voice performance by Tia Sirkar. Um, and she rushes in the room here. She wants to be the first one in. Um, she blames her, she says she blames herself because she left Hera, but she's really mad because it's the Mandalorians, and, and she just can't find any Mandalorians that aren't on the Empire's side, and she, so how she's supposed to vouch for her own people, of course, none of them blame her, she, she was a major weapons expert for the Empire before she ran away from them, you know, she's a hero in that sense, but losing her family, and, and even these neutral, supposedly neutral Mandalorians are on their, you know, make, you know, makes her extra upset about what happened to Hera because they're Mandalorians and extra vengeful. And throughout the episode, she talks about wanting to kill them and, you know, the fun of killing and so forth. I mean, it's amazing when you get they get away with in Star Wars. And Marvel, you know, you kill as a last resort. You don't make jokes about how it's fun to kill bad guys. And here in the kids' Star Wars show, they talk about it because, you know what? Sometimes you got to take out the bad guys. I'm sorry. Yep. Right. So they got to sneak in. Yep. Sabine just... 
Oh, right. So the other cool thing about this episode is there's a number of different levels of plans, and you're not sure what Kanan's plan is, what Sabine's plan is. You learn in the end that, you know, she is going to explode all their ships so they can't chase them down. She wants to disable them, and they do want to kidnap Fen Rao. They don't reveal that to us until the very end. But, you know, Sabine challenging for a fight you know, it is actually a very smart move to achieve their objective, but she didn't want to tell Kanan because he would never have approved of it. <laughs> There's Chopper just smacking Ezra hard for no reason. Um, I miss the part where he's like, come on, Chopper. Chopper! There's nothing like Freddie Prince Jr. getting grumpy and angry at Chopper, man. Ah, oh, it's so good. Here's the Phantom with Chopper on top. <laughs> I think Chopper just likes to look. He's like a dog, you know, with the, with his head out of the the sunroof. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Just ask her. Chopper, of course, knows that she's there. Doesn't doesn't blow up her spot at all. <laughs> Right, she says you must be distracted. He's trying to concentrate on the mission. He's worried about Hera. And, you know, part of him probably wanted her to come at some subconscious level, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Kanan says it, it, wasn't, it, it was a failed mission, but we can still complete it. Not it was a failed mission, and there's no way to go about it. Right, this Jedi philosophy stuff doesn't work for everyone, says Sabine, and Kanan says that's why we're at war. And I missed the line earlier where, you know, when when Admiral, what's his name, you know, says, okay, I, I, I don't know if I totally agree with the diplomatic move here, but I'm going to agree to let you do it, which was Kanan Harris' suggestion. And, and Ezra goes, wow, diplomacy won the day for once. And, and Kanan, you know, with, with a smile but totally serious, looks at Ezra and is just like, kid, there is a time when diplomacy always won the day, which is a bit of an exaggeration. And, you know, Kanan came up during the Clone Wars. If we look at the chronology, you know, he's around Anakin Skywalker's age, maybe a little older. So the Republic was already falling apart, and Palpatine, as just a senator when he was younger, was already plotting this as Lord of the Sith, Darth Sidious, but, you know, historically, when he learned in the Jedi Academy, for about 3,000 years, while the Sith operated in the background, it was mostly safe and secure in the galaxy through diplomacy and through democracy. And that's what falls apart. Um, and, you know, that's why I have to give George Lucas credit with the prequels and kind of predicting Bush and Trump. You know, democracy dies with a, not with a bang, but with a whimper, I believe is the saying. <laughs> he keeps stressing, what if diplomacy doesn't work? Yeah. Right. She's saying... Let's hope it doesn't come to that. She's saying I'm going to blow up the ships and Fen Rao. Kanan could be like, no killing. I mean, he does say no killing, but he's there. He's like, let's hope it doesn't come to that. They're both pissed about the Hera thing, obviously. Um, so, 
you know, the blowing up of the ships is supposed to be the backup plan, but Sabine has accurately uh, understands that there's no way Fenrau, you know, she knows the Mandalorians. She knows the Mandalorians that are loyal to the Empire, and they're scared of the Empire, which is the main part of the loyalty. There's a gonk droid. There's the walking trash can. It's a gonk droid. She knows this is never going to work, and she's smarter than Kanan. She's smarter than Kanan in this, and she's been trying to tell Kanan and Hera the entire time that that you need to be more aggressive, and... The, the the only thing this really contributes here is buying Sabine time, but by exploding all the ships, um, and you know calling him out for combat, which exposes him, uh, you know she she sets up the best play for the capture. This is great. So we've already had so we've already had um, Rex talk to uh, talk with Kanan about Fenrau and the Battle of Megiddo and and that how they fought together in the grand army of the republic and that you know and, right my master depopolaba and i were pinned down trapped by droids you and your skull squadron flew into the separatist fire over and over to cover us you saved our lives this is the second right and that was a long time ago the second time we've we've heard that you know the clone wars that was a long time ago we've all moved on we have to serve the empire now we don't have a choice Here's a threat. He's a, right, that, that's a bad. That was a bad move. He's trying to. He was doing the soft sell, but now he's making a threat by saying, "I'm going to return the favor," meaning for you not to die. But what he, I think what Caden's saying is, if you don't do this the nice way, I've got a Mandalorian that's particularly thorny and angry at you right now. Of course, we don't hear that unless it's off screen. Uh, no, it can't be off screen because he doesn't know that it's it's her. So here's Sabine putting bombs on everything. This is what she does so great. And here, what's cool is when she's in Mandalorian environments with Mandalorian ships, you know, bizarrely, her brightly colored armor does kind of work as a type of camouflage. <laughs> nice one, Sabine. Banging your head. No, it can't be perfect. Even Sabine Bean. The Bean. The Bean's what we called my sister growing up. Oh, maybe that's why I like Sabine as a name. The Bean. Beanie. Yep. How's it going, boys? So she just calls... This is like Klingon stuff, right? She calls straight up first the single combat challenge. They, right, they think she's a bounty hunter because we know from Boba Fett that people have stolen the Mandalorian armor. Uh, and uh, so maybe there are others. Right, she's technically still part of Clan Vizsla, even though Pre Vizsla was the one who essentially led to Maul taking over and killing uh, fucking... Um, Duchess Satine, which we will talk about in the Clone Wars commentary, but she still is Clan Vizsla, even though she hates them, and she's trying to tell these guys that, that you know, Clan Vizsla doesn't speak for her and vice versa. Right, I already, Fenrir says, I've already fought a losing war for the Jedi, I don't want to do it, uh, do it again. And he's totally practical. Why would I fight the Empire when obviously destroying you is so much easier? But his real point Right, Empire isn't interested in sharing power. That's the whole Gandalf to Sar- Saruman. There's only one Dark Lord. And he does not share power. <laughs> I have the Jedi under control. Guy's like, uh, what's a Jedi? <laughs> Mandalorian trespasser. There it is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right. You, let me handle this. Sorry, buddy. Nope. This is this is Mandalorian. You know, medieval uh, honor stuff. They started it. Uh, Sabine and Ezra are so similar in some ways. Sabine's, you know, constantly being a contrarian and just, you know, just just a little bitchy, I guess, if I can say that. Uh, it's always fun uh, and kind of endearing with Tia Sarkar's adorable voice. But the episode where she's right, like this one, where she's more right than Hera and Kanan, uh, at least in some ways... You really love it, you know. When you want, when the let's put it this way, in episodes like this, you really want to see her lay the smack down. This isn't just irrational, poor temper stuff. I'm not planning on dying. She's already told Kanan to shut the fuck up, just like Kara told her to shut up and obey orders. What is it with you, Mandalorians? Right, you can only solve it through the end of a blaster. Mm-hmm. Right, you do this, you're no better than him. You have to trust me. When you've seen this multiple times, and she goes, "You have to trust me." You know that she's got something up her sleeve. Other, than, right, Kanan? You need to stop talking now. I got this under control. You realize that she has another plan. That's not just killing. You. Oh yeah, baby, it's the Western music. They didn't even do this in Solo movie. I love it. They're just straight up spaghetti Western music. Boom. Yeah, alternatives to killing. Oh yeah, baby. She does the Black Panther Wonder Woman arms cross to hit the the bomb triggers on her wrists. Uh huh. Nothing like a Jedi through fog and flame and smoke with this skinny blue lightsaber. Capture them alive. So does Kanan understand the plan at this point? They're just improvising. (laughs) Are you feeling better? You got to blow stuff up. I thought you'd be happy I didn't kill anyone. So Sabine, she really wants to murder these guys. Here's the bad news. Mm-hmm. Oh, she wasn't able to get the charges on, on Fenrau's ship. <laughs> we are still not killing anyone. You love making this hard of me. She wants to murder it. I love Star Wars. You know, they don't really like enjoy the act of killing, but like you just it's war. And and you have to in these you know life or death situations not enjoy but you have to almost embrace the the insanity and the madness and and smile grimly i don't know you guys probably all think i'm i'm pro murdering all bad guys i certainly wouldn't be the first or last time i'd be accused of it all right i think we're done you're going what what do you mean like kanan is totally fucked here what do you mean they're done but this is the main part of the plan let's get fenral in the air with kanan so that he can make the (laughs) right he has to hold he has to hold the speaker you know the walkie-talkie and his lightsaber yeah baby so it cuts off part of the engine, starts smoking. That This is such a great design. These look great in the X-Wing Miniatures game, too. Still think we can't win. He thinks he's going to... Yep, here comes the other ship. All right, here. Yeah, Fenrail thinks he's... Oh, it's awesome. Strain to the controls. Boom! A cockpit opens. 
knocks him out. And this is great. This backward jump is awesome. Look at this. And backward jump. Oh, man. This is a great episode. Great episode. Even if this was a complete standalone episode, filler, whatever you want to call it, it would still be so fun and great character building. Because this leads to stuff with Fenrir, the Mandalorian, Sabine, the war effort and everything. It's like so much of season two. Guys, I, you know, I'm, I'm on episode 12 or 13 here. And, and I had got to say, I'm still feeling like this is the best season of Rebels. I think it's the best season of Rebels. So, this is great. It shows you how smart Fen Rao is. He's lost. But as they're about to discuss in a little bit, you know, he go. He, there's no reason for them to change the status quo openly because if, if they know the Rebels are meddling, then the Imperials are going to get involved, and that's not going to be good for anybody. Fen Rao has any chance of surviving... He has to work with the rebels to the extent that he can. And the fact that they're already joking about him being a prisoner, you know, I think Kanan's initial instinct of, you know, you still have, you know, you're a very honorable, brave dude in the Clone Wars. Like, there's still time to be that person was a better instinct than threatening him. And luckily, Sabine was the wild card. I hear we're taking prisoners now, says Hera. I like to think of him more as a reluctant recruit. Here we go. Here's the mom and dad moment. It was better than the alternative. We're not at war with the protector, says Sabine Bean. There was no need to take their lives if we didn't have to. Hmm, Sabine, you're sounding more like a Jedi than a Mandalorian. Here it comes. Tears to my eyes. I guess I've just been raised right. Oh, I love, I love me some rebels. And they tease the Han. By the way, they just teased the Han Leia theme right there because of the two lovebirds. All right, awesome episode, guys. Protector of Concord, Dadon. Um, it was directed by Brett Rao, which is great, and written by Henry Gilroy. Kevin McKidd plays Fen Rao. Love that voice actor. And, guys, the next episode is such a weird episode for some people, The Legends of the Lasat, but I so love Zeb, and there's so few Zeb devoted episodes, but the two or three or four that he has devoted to him over the course of the series are among my favorites. So we're going to have to talk some lore. We're going to have to talk some magic and mysticism. I am very much looking forward to it. Thank you for joining me for Star Wars Rebels, the protector of Concord Dawn. Um, why don't we just take a quick look uh, while I'm on the mic here and see how many episodes we've got left. So, um, so, okay, so then we have the call, which is the space whales, and then we have homecoming, which is the Shamsandula, which is awesome, because that's a continuation from the Clone Wars, um, Tara's dad, the honorable ones, is the, another great, maybe the best episode of the series, which is the, which is Zeb and Callus stuck on the planet, and him turning Callus by accident, and then we have Shroud of Darkness, um, which is, uh, you know, Ahsoka starting to understand who Vader is. And then we've got the forgotten droid in Mystery of Chopper Base, which is, you know, very, very key for finding their new home. 
that Chopper discovers by accident, I think. And then Twilight of the Apprentice. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes left, or nine if you want to consider Twilight a double episode. Um, only three of them are really Ahsoka heavy, but um, they're great ones, and I'm excited for it. And we're about to have tons of Ahsoka with my Clone Wars commentaries, which I'm about to start tonight with a few in a few hours with my boy Simi Klimo. Senior contributor of the Bizzlecast. You guys have been awesome. I've been the Bizzle. Join me some more commentaries and podcasts. I'll be back at you real soon. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.